I mean, we have got a massive whiteboard in, in, the, in the room just behind us, which for a podcast studio, you think to yourself, you know, it's a bit out of there. But anyway, let's get going. Current world number one and two in para badminton. Am I correct? I'm world number four. Shocking. Get out. I was watching Love Island the other day. I guess coming from Essex, a stereotypical, you know, Essex lad watching Love Island. Do you just want to make sure that my girlfriend doesn't think that I am only with her? Just <laughs> the fact that she is nearly six foot. You can go on YouTube and watch it and look how pumped up I was to the crowd. Every time I want a big point, I turn around and I have my fist in the air. Hello and welcome to our new podcast on Parasports. I'm Tim Adams, that Essex lad from the title, and each episode I'll be joined by David Weatherall, that Paralympian from the title. Every episode we'll be chatting to a few different athletes from the Parasport world in each episode, debunking labels, and the rest I just guess we'll have to see what happens, really. Um, exciting times, you know? Yes, Tim. Uh basically we're winging it guys no i'm joking no i am looking forward to this this is going to be class like obviously um i've had a lot of cool experiences as a paralympian and i think it'd be good for team morale as well to get a few of the, uh, my fellow teammates on and have a little chat with them just talk about life paralympics um uh yeah so we'll see how it goes but i am i introducing these two legends or are you tim uh i'll leave that to you david all right so Definitely. i've chosen the indomitable Jack Shepard and Kristen Coombs. Who, who, who do I say first? Is, is, there a, is, there, is there an order to who I say first? The I don't want you, deck of the yeah, I don't want you Kristen, hating me for saying Jack first. Anyway, so current world number one and two in para badminton. Am I correct? Oh. I'm world number four now. Shocking. Get out. <laughs> nah. No, I've chosen these two because uh, we all train in Sheffield and um, we've got a good little bit of rapport and it will be good. And they've got some real cool stories. And we've, you know, I just love chatting to these guys. They're, they're incredible. And they, you know, we, we train in an amazing environment. And obviously the Paralympics is a fantastic opportunity, but it's, it's you know, an inspiration on an everyday basis, like getting to train with cool people like Jack and Kristen. So, yeah, look forward to hearing what they've got to say. So, so, like the para badminton world, then I mean, I mean, you guys, like, just generally, with Tokyo coming up, must be fretting it. But you know, like Kristen, you've been in Game of Thrones. I mean, just to put that out there firsthand. I mean, like, away from like the Paralympics, you know, that's like crazy. Uh, yeah, it was you know, an amazing experience and a very lucky one as well because there was sixty people that auditioned and only five of us got a part. So, who are you, Cersei? <laughs> no, I was I was meant to be Ballon Greyjoy. That's who I was meant to be. But yeah, no, it's just a, to be able to do things like that, you know, outside of the sport as well, is just a great thing to have. And yeah, so, what's like the experience like with Game of Thrones, and how did you kind of balance that up with? Well, it was actually before that our um, whole program started as a full time program. So at the time, I was sort of doing on and off things. I was still having a part time job, so it was sort of quite easy if obviously if it had come up now it would be a lot harder to do with a full-time training program and jack as well you know like with tokyo coming up you know you've won world champs gold you've won european champs gold you know i guess the next the next one is tokyo paralympic gold yeah i think you're right um like you say i've won the europeans i've won the uh, world championships twice and I've won lots of other international titles the only one I haven't got really is the Paralympics so um, yeah working hard in training just to try and achieve the one that I haven't got. So how does the training work then so what's like the kind of build-up you'd expect from 
uh, you know, the next few weeks and months leading up to Tokyo? Um, so for my, me and Kristen, uh, we've got, uh, well, I've got two more tournaments. Kristen's got three more. Um, they're our last few qualifying tournaments. Uh, and then we have um, a little break, and then we come back in for eight weeks of training before our next tournament in Canada. And then we have eight more weeks training before the game, so just making sure we're prepped and ready to go at the Paralympics and taking ad- advice from people that have been there, like Dave, and um, enjoying their experiences to be in the right place when we're at the games. Cheers, Jack. I just want to ask you a quick question, because I've always thought this is like kind of a little bit unfair, because obviously I've played three Paralympics now, um, and I've not... Like like you, it's similar. I've won Europeans, world medals, but not the Paralympic one. But I've had the opportunity, and I think you know, para badminton's never been in the Paralympics, so it, it must have been quite frustrating having you know looking at us guys, table tennis, and the the hall next to you, you know, going off to the Paralympics and not having that opportunity yourself. I've always thought you know it's it's like I feel a bit bad in a way because it's not fair. You know, how have you felt? Has it been frustrating and, and whatnot? Um, yeah, I think it's been. I've actually been part of the para badminton since the first tournament that ss6 was in that was 2008 so you've got to think that's yeah, uh, no, that's my first paralympic 2008 so yeah, exactly so we've been part of a, a you know a professional not a professional sport it wasn't then but we were going to internationals you know competitions all over the world and like you said watching you guys and in other sports such as your wheelchair basketball and things going to the paralympics so you know, talking about me being more experienced, I'm not really, you know, even though I've been to three Paralympics, I'm more experienced in that sense, but in, in a sporting sense and, that, and as a whole, like, That's you guys are just as, well, Jack's world champion, isn't he? So it's far, far more than what I've achieved in my singles career. So, you know, it's, it's not it's not fair. And I think maybe that makes you extra extra keen to do the business this summer. Uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. Um, but I don't go as it unfair. Um, I think, seeing you guys go to Paralympics and that and achieving what you guys have achieved and not just yourself Dave but other athletes here um, inspires us for that time in summer um, coming coming up so um, if anything I see it as an inspiration more than an unfair thing we finally got to a point where para badminton is a Paralympic sport and we can achieve a dream to go to the Paralympics but if anything, over the years that you guys have been going to Paralympics has inspired me to keep getting there to achieve it in the summer. Yeah, and uh, hopefully hopefully we'll do the business. And hopefully, obviously, we've explained a little bit about the qualification system and hopefully both of you can be... Uh, maybe you can explain a little bit about that. Um, yeah, well, at the start of uh, the qualification that we thought that would only one of us would potentially be going, even though at the start of the qualification we were both ranked one and two in the world and you know that seems crazy for our, for both of us and I'm sure it does for many other people and obviously that's something we just had to live with and so we cracked on and both you know pushed each other as hard as we could to get one of us there sort of thing but now we've uh, recently found out that the, there's a potential chance of a, a wild card spot so who knows but let, you know let's hope that we can both be there which will be awesome yeah, definitely. Um, we both knew at the beginning that it's going to be a, a long road and at the end one of us will go and one of us won't and we both just said to each other, look, we just got to work as hard as we can to make sure both one of us gets there um, to beat the rest of the world. 
Um, and we know that now I'm in a qualifying position and all I'm trying to do is make sure I'm in a good position but also get Kristen in that position as well to hopefully us to be in the final of the Paralympics. Because I guess for you guys as well, you know, like when, like Dave, with you, you know, having been to, you know, Beijing, London uh, and Rio, you know, like what does, what what's the point where you guys, you know, have that, like feeling that you've kind of got the experience to go to a Paralympics does that come from winning medals at Euros and Worlds does that come from you know doing well in you know sort of qualification tournaments or is that is that you know if you're looking back let's say at form like two years ago and you look you know you won a European Championship medal in you know 2018 and Jack in your sense I guess you know is that is it more based on your form right now which gives you confidence for for I Paralympic think, games I mean I think for me personally I've I'm quite lucky in the sense that I've had that experience. Like these guys haven't, but we're still at the end of the day, you know, stripping it right down. I'm just playing table tennis, and these guys are just playing badminton, and that's what we do on a day-to-day basis. And take away all the razzmatazz and everything that comes with the Paralympics. Maybe there's a, yeah, there's a little bit more pressure. It, le- it means a little bit more, um, and obviously that can you know that can affect your perception of the whole you know the court the table what you've got to do on the day and I think for me I've been in that situation before so I kind of know what to expect and I've made the mistakes that I made you know I think looking back I've I've had a Paralympics where I played out my skin in Beijing going riding the wave and I think these guys will certainly ride the wave um I went to London in a totally different kind of psyche having a lot of pressure on me expected to win a medal whereas before I wasn't and completely crumbled you know um, and I and I think that was something which I really, really, really learned from, um, to the point where I made a lot of changes over the next four years, so that Rio I absolutely smashed it again, and you know I went and performed again, amazing. Um, just you know sometimes you need a little bit of luck as well, and you got to keep your fingers crossed, and didn't quite have that. However, you know you learn from all these experiences, and I think you know these guys have been around the block; they know what they're doing. Um, and I would just you know say. You know, especially now we're in 2020, it's it's getting real now. Like now's the time to, if you weren't, you know, giving it your all in training anyway, which I'm sure everyone is, you know, it just gives that human nature, it gives that extra little bit of feel and like shiver down the spine every time you like, you know, this means a lot every time you go into the training session to really graft. And I think that's at the forefront of everyone's minds at the moment. These are my personal feelings. I think, you know, if you haven't got those feelings now, then you, you, you're not like, you know, you should be, you know, this is it, let's have it, you know, and that's how I feel. And, and I, I know this is how these guys feel, but, you know, they haven't done it before. So maybe their feelings are, you know, Jack and Kristen, maybe you are feeling even, even more kind of like the wave is a lot bigger for you than me because I've been there before. But for me right now, I just want to get down to business and get it done, you know, purely, purely, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. You know, use that for all, all everything and everything. You know, it can help your performance. Use the emotion in the right way. Um, but at the end of the day, we're there to win, you know. So these are my feelings. And I, I know I've been there before. So I, d- I would like to, you know, maybe what are your feelings looking ahead to Tokyo? Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, it's it's a hard one because like we haven't been to a Paralympics. So we haven't seen that buzz of what we hear about, you know, you know, some people apparently get to the village and they just almost break down in the sense because it is so amazing. Pressure, and you know, pressure. Yeah. And it's happiness. Like, or... Yeah, and they're like, wow. And sort of they. So, but I think we're, I'd say, and Jack might agree with me, but we've had a great, I think, last three years, last four or three years where we've got a great 
a bunch of uh, teammates, you know, staff around us that I think if we can just all stick together, I'm sure that hopefully on those days that we can do our best like we've done in all these other tournaments like you know Jack winning his two uh, gold medals in the world his European medal me and Jack have dominated the doubles scene as well for many years winning medals in that and I, I won a Europeans a few years ago as well and I think we can and it shows that we can perform at the best and at the top level so I don't see why we can't do that so I've got every confidence in you guys honestly like you know just seeing the the dynamic in the training hall and you know you'll you'll smash it It, it'd be it's going to be amazing and and this is why things like this is good to get people in and the team spirit is massive in the Paralympics that's the biggest thing because when you usually go to a table tennis tournament or a badminton tournament for example you're just table tennis you're just badminton and, and like you don't have the added kind of environment and the added kind of uh, not necessarily distractions, but you know, you know, it's just a class environment, world class, everything that you could possibly need, and that can only help your performance. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's like you say, we, we've, me and Kristen have never been to a multi-sports environment. Um, so like you say, just not being with teammates from your own sport and teammates from other sports, and I hear that in the Paralympic environment if you've still not competed yet there's still a great buzz because say you finish on the first few days and you come back and you've won a medal and you've got that buzz that then can inspire us to go on and perform well because we've seen your emotion and your feeling and excitement and that and that could hopefully just inspire us to perform well on that day as well so and that's the thing like the vibe that you guys have here so like in eis itself you know you've got gb boxing you've got uh wheelchair basketball you've got um para table tennis para badminton you guys are eating together i mean you're not sleeping together quite literally but you know i guess you know it's going to be like yeah, we that. probably yeah. we probably should have explained where we we're in a we're yeah. actually in a little we are like, in the tiniest cubby room hole amongst, <laughs> like the whole of the building right now we've got you know there's a little whiteboard up on the wall with loads of tactics and stuff so i won't say that out because that's all top <laughs> secret however you know so the english institute of sport in sheffield has has been fantastic for all us um you know all our sports and and we kind of do have that atmosphere in here. Like, like I said, we've got good, good banter, good rapport with, with everyone, which is the reason you're on it. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys have made the cup. Yeah. You know, first episode. Legend. You know, yeah. Gold dust there. We need to lower the formality of this a little bit, don't we? It's all very serious. Yeah, serious. I know. We, we, have gone, we have gone very, very serious. I mean, I guess the aim of the podcast itself was, you know, just to, you know, make people, you know, sort of learn a bit about disability, you know, break down those labels, break down those stereotypes. But, you know, then the other side of it is, of we course... We didn't actually explain your disabilities, did we? Do we need to do that? Yeah, that's a good right. point, actually, yeah. So I've that's got a great start, multiple epiphysial dysplasia, which I'll let Tim repeat just now. Yeah, we'll, 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 leave, <laughs> that, yeah, we'll leave that pronunciation to you, mate. Right. Hit me with yours. Um, uh, myself and Jack have actually both got achondroplasia, which is the most common form of uh, dwarfism. Um, hang on, no, no. I'll, I'll, I was going to say something there, but I won't. No, we need to keep it a little bit PC. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't trust myself. I think that's the best. Uh, basically, our, our parts of our limbs are a lot shorter than an average height person. And yeah, I don't think there's much else to say about it, really. Is there anything you want to say about dwarfism, Jack? Can I ask you a question? Which you just yeah? touched on. Yeah. This is like a social kind of, uh, I don't know, a kind of a wider question about disability, yeah. which is something that I've maybe struggled with in the past because my disability affects my height and obviously affects your height and everything. And in terms of. You know, in terms of uh, stigma and social kind of society kind of expectations, 
Kristen is a hero of mine because he's got a giant of a girlfriend. And that's a dream of mine, honestly. Five, five foot honestly, ten. Five, nearly, honestly. Nearly six foot, I think. I've, it's to the point now where I would love a six foot plus girlfriend, mate, honestly, because, you know... You, you show you're a you're a pretty cool guy to pull it off. No, I'm only joking. You know, it, it just shows it. It doesn't matter, but obviously it, it it does matter to a lot of people. I've had that problems in the past, but you know, this is the cool thing I think about you guys. And you know, it it doesn't matter. Nothing matters, and that's just a little thing which signifies that. Not that it matters at all, but I just want to point it out because well, you you've pulled it off, and I've been trying to do it for years, mate. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you know, it's like you say, it is something that sadly that the world is all about isn't it that you know apparently a girl can't go out with a guy smaller than her because which is ridiculous in yeah. my opinion but it's you know, an opinion of a lot of people it's how yeah. people you know and there's lots of other th- things that people think aren't they and we know that but yeah so it's just something yeah i've had myself as well like you you've yeah. just some things you just want to do don't you, and you just wanna... so if there's any six foot plus girls listening in just you know send us a little dm or something yeah we got... <laughs> i know you'd be very very think, welcome to then be Jack a part Jeff of the podcast did. in the future yeah, and you know think... have like a um uh, you know we put a little jingle in so yeah. you know i, I think know. jack shepherd would want the same no he's he'd probably want a nice six foot brunette wouldn't you as 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 suppose it's a dream of all ours isn't it that we'd like um a girlfriend that's tall especially when we're short like we are but like like me and Kristen have always said you end up with whoever you end up with for the right reasons and it's not always not always about how tall or how small they are well, this is the what way, they bring the yeah to what they bring to you and your relationship with each other so um but i suppose it is a dream of ours we'd love a <laughs> six six months done and the thing is, like for me as well you know i was watching love island the other day i guess coming from essex a stereotypical you know essex lad watching love island and you know all the mm, all all, all those you know sort of essex guys watching love island just trying to get tips from the guys bad idea in that in that way but you know like the height debate you know i'm five foot you know eight five foot nine i'm pretty I wouldn't say average height yeah, for, for a guy, but be, yeah. I've got mates who are, you know, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", and, you know, like, the debate that, you know, you've got to be over six foot as a guy to go out, you know, to, to, you know, to, to get with a girl quite easily is ridiculous, like, from my point of view. And, you know, I mean, like, me being five foot eight, you guys being a lot smaller than I am, like, it, for me, it's kind of like looking at your um, attitudes to this, it's just... I think this is Fantastic. just one, this is just one thing which just obviously I said it in a you know in a light-hearted way but you know the Paralympics is all about that like it doesn't you know your disability doesn't matter and obviously I've I've kind of grown as a person as an athlete and and my kind of whole persona and thing I guess has been shaped by by my disability which is I love talking about this because like when you go to the Paralympics you kind of get this feeling that you know there's some amazing things that people can do and it literally doesn't matter what and obviously height doesn't ma- matter at all about anything um and and the same goes for disability and then when you put it in a sporting context it's just amazing like what people can can achieve and people can do physically like it's amazing genuinely like that's one of the best things about going to the Paralympics for me it's not just performing myself it's like you know watching everyone else as well it's it's really cool um so yeah then if you perform you never six foot you know very very thick girlfriend at the end of it you know if you get a gold medal that's an easy win for well, you there so i'll leave that with you tim yeah I, I think i do just want to make sure that my girlfriend doesn't think that i am only with her just <laughs> the, the fact that she is nearly six foot i think there are many other reasons for that just that's exactly the reason but i mean she must have been impressed i'm going back to he's hung like a dog goon <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we can cut that out if you want. No, the, that's allowed. The, the, the piece, that's allowed. Yeah, I reckon yeah, that, that'd be allowed. <laughs> that'd be allowed. There's, there's like a little conversation there, but it's not too direct. Yeah. Um, I mean, you guys must have had some like really, really good messages about um, you know like progress in your careers as well. I mean, what have been some of like the best and kind of worst messages that you've ever had, and like ones which made you think, "Geez, did I actually like receive that?" Is this for me personally? No, like or... all, all you guys. Yeah. So like, shall I, shall like, I hit? Shall I start us off? Paralympics, gold medals. We were. It's funny because we were literally doing this this morning. Um, you know, like with social media and tweets and everything, you you do get some funny stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, like trolls these days. They're like frowned upon and stuff. And I, and obviously it's it's not good. But um, you do get some stuff which is quite questionable. But I find it quite funny because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what someone's writes on the internet. Like, do you know what I mean? And um, I think. I think you know reading some comments on on the on YouTube's and videos and stuff of me playing table tennis. I, I just you know you got to take it with a pinch of salt sometimes and have a laugh because life's too short and you can't take things too seriously all the time. Even though what we do is quite important to us, is you know at the end of the day it's it's not like vitally important com- compared to a lot of things that go on in the world. So I find it quite funny to be honest. Yeah. I think for myself and Kristen mainly. Um, when we'd not quite been in that Paralympic, Paralympic limelight yet, so um, it's still quite small for us. So generally, all our stuff's been positive response. Um, so more like friends of friends, friends, family. So it's all like the congratulations, well done and everything. But I think um, when we get to Paralympics and hopefully become bigger stars like yourself, Dave, it's more to look out for. And as I'm a bit like you, I'd probably laugh at it more than find it heartbreaking. We're so not, like, encouraging it. But no. yeah. Honestly, 99% of the stuff, is, is it spurs you on. Um some of the positive response, you know, the, the feedback on, you know, people messaging on social media, you do have a look, you know, and obviously everyone comes out the woodwork during the Paralympics, you know, people you, you didn't speak to at school are suddenly like your best friends. It's amazing. Yeah. And you've <laughs> got to expect that to happen. Yeah. And it's nice. It's really nice because it, it kind of, you know, it, it kind of, you, you take a step back and take stock and realize just getting there is a big achievement. And, you know, it, it kind of, it's nice to get positive, um, positive responses and, and messages um you know because it inspires you to do better as well I think. have there been like any like all three of you have there been like any kind of specific messages that you thought oh come on um um now one was trying to be nice i think this is just what pops into my head someone said to me once um someone said um it doesn't it doesn't matter who wins or lose they're both as disabled as each other I was like <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know what you tr- I, I think he, I know the guy he's trying to be nice he's like not you know, I don't know it was a bit of a weird message to receive but I found it quite funny I don't know. well the thing it doesn't is doesn't matter me, who wins for like. me as well you know being I guess the only able-bodied <laughs> person in, in, in the room like the terminology around disability as well and you know like the attitudes and impressions and I guess again like this is what we're trying to do sort of breaking down these labels you know like what are the biggest labels for you guys which should be kind of broken down and you know you get kind of frustrated with um well there's, there's a lot of words and different phrases that people are using to do with dwarfism that you know things that we don't like ourselves I think that can be quite a tough one that is hard and yeah but otherwise, it's. A f- well, I think. I think. I think the the issue, the issue with labelling disabilities is like 
we we just care about performance. That's yeah. all I care mm. about. You know, and if you know, you got to think about what's helpful to your performance and what's not helpful to your performance. And obviously, there's a wider issue of classification in in Paralympic sport. And I think in table tennis, you know, the comments are oh, they're as disabled as each other, so it's all good. Like it doesn't like it's 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 quite fair. And I think fair sport in, and is obviously the most important thing and having fair play and blah de blah de blah. And obviously in the Paralympics you have this you've got to have a classification system, you've got to draw the boundaries of different disabilities and have people competing again. You can't have, you know, an unfair system where people with least less disability less disabilities are competing against someone who is more severe, for example. And I think in table tennis it, it works quite well. Like it's relatively fair. And I know I watch some sports and I think, you know, how how is this possible like how can you measure you know i think we we both do skill sports and you can't measure a distance or a time or a speed or anything and, and it really depends on our our skill level and i think that is probably easier to classify it in a, in a way for paralympic sport because the boundaries are it's common sense at the end of the day you know you can't have someone with a you can't move playing against someone with an arm disability for example so you know i think would you say para para, para is quite quite a good um, a good system? And do you reckon it's quite fair? Um, it is, and it's not. I think because we're so new. I think we're still. You don't have any classes. Classes, yeah. no. And it, it, when originally started out, there was a lot more. And then they broke it down, obviously, to try and get it into the Paralympics. The first time they didn't get in, so they had to sort of rethink again about stuff, change different categories. And I think there are still some because badminton is quite a big call compared to a table tennis table, I think it can be quite hard in some of the standing categories that some people with disabilities are struggling a little bit more because obviously they've got to cover such a bigger area. I think one of our teammates actually, uh, or aspiring partners, Bobby Griffin, he's in SL4, and you put him in compared to the world number one mm. to do with their disability. It's hard, it's, isn't it? It's not fair, really. It's always hard because, you know, there's the, the it's the argument of, have they just trained, you know, like... I, I kind of work real hard on my fitness to limit my mm. disability, yeah, yeah. to limit my limitations, you know, so they're not as restrictive. And then, you know, you don't want to be penalised that for that. It's It's got to be classified on the disability rather than the ability, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I think that that is probably the most important thing to look out for in classific- classifying for me. This yeah. Jack, Jack, I guess, you know, with you and Christian being in, like, the same category as well, I mean, how, how does that work out compared to, you know, all the other guys in different categories? Do you kind of spend more time with Christian just because he's in the same category or is it kind of each each to their own? Um we we uh very close, me and Christian, yeah. Um but we have a great morale with uh with the whole team. Um and we don't just train with each other on court, we train with the other players to get a a different style of the game and everything. But uh mainly we play against people like ourselves, um, within our classification um, so yeah, it's a mixture, but mainly when we're competing and training, we're training does, against ourselves, really. How does your competitiveness kind of affect your dynamic in the training hall? Is there like do you play mind games on each other? Is there, you know, because um, I know in in table tennis that can sometimes become, you know, when we're training with foreigners, for example. I know it's different when you're training with the same, you know, your teammates, but I don't train with anyone in my ca- in my class, so I don't have that kind of situation um is it something which affects you in practice sometimes like maybe once in a blue moon like there's a little bit of a competitive competitiveness like fire up kind of thing or not um i think when we have match play we try to be as if we are in a tournament 
Um, so when we step on that court and we're uh, practicing our match play, we try to be serious and as an athlete. Um, but if it's general training practices and the off-court stuff, uh, we keep our friendship to a good level that we can get on and work hard together so that there's no awkwardness and no rivalry within training. Just mainly when it's match play, we try to keep that professionalism and uh, work hard. Is it kind of like imagining? Is it kind of like imagining like it like an opponent in a you know a Paralympics and you know you've got to sort of train that you know you are teammates yeah. at the minute. But I mean, it's hard. I, honestly, I wanted to say that because these guys are class. Honestly, they're they're playing. They're they're, they're enemies, really. You know, they're, but they're also teammates. It's a, it's a weird dynamic. That's why I was just want to ask about it because I I for one, when I go to a foreign training camp and play with players from another country, for example, I know it's a little bit different. I would maybe hold a little bit back on my serves and I wouldn't show them all my secrets. But you guys can't do that. You know, you know each other's games inside out. So, uh, yeah, I just think I think it's uh, it's a difficult one. And I think you guys have an unbelievable friendship considering you're also direct competitors. Yeah. No, I think that's just something we've just... I think that's how it is. And I think it's what our, why our friendship is so good and stuff that we've just been able to sort of adapt and know each other that we're just going to do our best because we know we're pushing each other just as hard then because if I start letting off and then you know Jack's not getting as good game as he would do and stuff so then if he lets off I'm not getting it so you know you're at the level that you are because of each other yeah exactly it's because we've been able to be together train together for the last two years now last well three or four years even and I think it's just great to be able to do that and yeah I see what you mean how do you manage to keep such a good friendship and everything I think when we started, didn't we? We we sat, we both sat down with our coach and said, "Look, we've always got to bring our best because if we don't, we're not going to be better than the rest of the world." So for me and Kristen to get to a one and two position, um, we had to, we couldn't hold back, like you say, on our serves or any tactics. We have to work together as a team to be the best and beat the world and if we didn't we wouldn't beat the world and I guess it must be great for you two as well knowing that you've actually got like each other to push yourself like Nadal Djokovic Federer have that in tennis you know in cricket you know you've got Virat Kohli Steve Smith always pushing themselves you know for you guys you know in in you know what you're doing in your particular sport you know I guess it's the kind of case that you know if you didn't have one of like another like next to you like trying to outdo you then it would actually worsen your your game really I mean you two you know, it pretty got a, not just a competitive edge, but an edge pretty over everyone else because of the situation you're in. Yeah, definitely. Um, the SS6 game is slightly different to watching a normal game of badminton. So the fact that we've got each other to train against and play play the right styles and that against each other is brilliant because there's only actually one other combination like me and Kristen in the world from Hong Kong China that are like us that have another person as good as them to train against so us four players are the top players in the world really aren't we Kristen yeah, uh, the fact yeah. that we've got someone as in the same classification to train against it and push each other to the best that we can be how does the how does the power of badminton game then change in a tactical sense compared to the able body game well for, for us it's just obviously we're we're still on the same court same yeah. the net still the same height so you, you just got to imagine it's a, a smaller person yeah. on the same size court as an able body person to just a few Does that the, mean there's a lot more drop shots or is it there's more... just a lot more about pushing each other to the rear corners a lot and hitting stuff a lot flatter maybe but you know otherwise 
same. exactly the same really there's no changes to the game or anything but yeah that's what I was on I was, as a table tennis player I was thinking tactically there I was mm. thinking you know I've got to you know really think angles you know with playing against someone who can't move but then again I can't move so the, when you exploit an angle they're opening up an angle that they can exploit you as well so you've got to really think about that and I think sometimes you know in the able-bodied game keeping someone out from attacking first is is the way to go whereas for me if I touch short you know that opens up an even bigger angle for them to exploit me so it's sometimes not the best thing for me to do you know serving short I've got to kick it out long for example and I think that's what I love about the, the Paralympics and stuff you know you've really got to use your brain to make up for your your mobility sometimes um, so I was just thinking you know go go full on tactical with me then like you know so you yeah so yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's just tactically really I think like you say it's uh, and there's obviously little things that because again because we've been able to train together that we work out that actually yeah, works, works and yeah. things that we know well hang on that's really good let's try and keep that going and then we can yeah. use that in Whereas if you were playing against someone tall or able bodied um can't work out what's right and what's wrong sometimes so yeah. we actually are in a very good position that we can train against it's David I remember when I met you for the first time and we were having that little chat that we uh, did at the uni um, last year and I'm not going to lie the first impression that I got is you know cracking beard in one in one <laughs> sense cracking beard Cheers, mate. any more comments um, yeah, I think you know, my beard's nearly better to be fair yeah little, little mine's not dyed as well <laughs> <laughs> little little quiff at the top of the hair as well. But some, uh, Look at him. Like yeah. the biggest thing that <laughs> the biggest thing that we kind of got from it was kind of perception and you know like the ever changing like mindset within uh, the match. And you know how does that you know like perception change from you know training to uh, you know like a competition? Because I remember like in Beijing you said. Like, Sorry, you're gonna have to you have to, <laughs> you have to say that again because the boys Don't. are making me laugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, go again. Sorry, we yeah, can serious edit note, this guys. Out. Serious <laughs> note, because I remember in like Beijing um, that you were talking about. You know, you you, you you beat the guy who was the best in the world at that point. Yeah. In the first round, and then it was just you know you were going completely you know nothing to lose kind of attitude, and then London all came, me, and you know, then Beijing, yeah, London yeah. came, and then you know home crowd, and then different different story. Yeah, um, it must be the beard. Genuinely, I think when I didn't have a beard. You know, I was young and carefree and inexperienced and riding the wave, not playing with any real tactics or head, just playing flashy, flamboyant, which was what I thought was class. Um, you know, I won a few matches. I won some really good matches, but then I'd lose to some bad losses as well. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be very up and down. And I think my performance would be very dependent on my feeling. If I felt good, I'd play good. If I felt bad, there's no way in hell I'd felt I'd play good. You know, I could I didn't have that resilience to kind of work things out. Whereas now, I think you know I can win a little bit more ugly. You know, I know I can I, I can win even when I don't feel good, and I think that's the most important thing. That's what you get with experience. You know, especially in the big matches. You know, I'll I'll be very happy to win Tokyo playing, you know, very very ugly table tennis. Like, it depends what you define as ugly. I think you know. A, scrambling the ball back on and just grafting I think you know that that's, that can be the most beautiful victories sometimes I think that I get a lot of satisfaction from just grinding it out these days but I'd never have felt like that back in the day you know I would have thought I was playing bad and bloody blah, blah, blah my head would drop my whole body language would maybe be a little bit different no I'm not I wasn't bad I'm just kind of you know trying to give you a little bit of an overview into my psyche I guess now where I just feel solid you know I know that I can perform at the best of my you know i can 
I can bring a good performance when I need to. I've got 100% confidence in that because I know exactly how to do it. And I know if, if things aren't going wrong, I can bring myself back as well. And I think that's the important thing to, to realise. It's like, not that you expect things to go wrong, but, you know, it's okay for things to not be perfect all the time. You know, maybe you've had a bad practice or a bad warm-up. You know, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, the most important thing is when it's, when it's there, level, first point, you're ready and you do the right decisions, you make the right shot selections and your head's in the right gear um, and I think if if you if you're in that mindset then you can play your best table tennis and badminton is the same it's all the same you know um, yeah so if I look back I think I've learned a lot from my Paralympic experiences um, as a person as well like you know you can stay cool and calm and under pressure and risk management knowing when to take a few chances to go for a big shot it's, it's, it's all shot selection I think racket sports are are all the same in that respect I guess you know if you can get your feet in the right place and play the right shot at the right time every single time then you know you're a very hard person to beat and for you guys as well you know winning that European Championship you know gold in 2018 you know playing doubles as well you know like we even have, haven't even discussed this like how does singles differentiate with doubles as well like and how's, how's the mindset with that and how does that change um, throughout a match so yeah um when you're playing singles obviously you're out there on your own and you've got to make the decisions for yourself and be in the right place at the right time like Dave says and uh, over the last like two three years I've learned a lot about like Dave says sometimes you win by scrambling and not playing your best badminton and you've got to understand on the day that you're not playing your best badminton things still can go right to make sure you get that win because at the end of the day it's about a win not about how well you play it's about getting that W to your name um, but then like you say the uh, <laughs> 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 the uh, the differences with doubles like we're out there together aren't we so uh, we work as a team and in between the points we it's alternate uh, you alternate shots or you, oh, no, you no no badminton's uh, yeah, in, in badminton we don't alternate like tabletop so you've got to be aware of but yeah there's got to be you know second nature to you isn't it yeah, you definitely got to be aware of what your opponents are doing, what uh, and aware what your partner's doing. Um, the game is a lot tactically a lot different, so um, it's just being out there as a team and being on a level headed partnership, really, so that you can make the right decisions to get, one of you get a win. Kind of, one of you got a bit more flamboyance in you. One of you's got to tell each other to calm down. Who's, who does the kind of Leading in that respect, you, I, I can imagine Chris and you got to tell him to calm down every now and then. No? <laughs> I, I, I don't know really. It's obviously when we first started at the beginning. I'll, I'll never forget this in um, Germany. It was was it the Europeans or so? Was it World Champion? First, uh, one of Jack's first tournaments, and I, we played doubles together. And he was a, an absolute mess. Really, he was. <laughs> he <laughs> mentally, the bluntness is coming out right and, now. The truth is it, coming out. It just shows that. The, the difference that and the experience then that now we're probably you know we're both the same we're yeah. both able to control each other and we know how to control each other sort of thing one of you more vocal than the other I'd, I'd say we're both pretty similar we're actually I think what's your go to like I think in table tennis like I don't know if it's the same in badminton I haven't watched enough badminton but you know some players go crackers after they win a point you know they really celebrate with big chose they call them chose in table tennis yeah what do they what do you do in badminton to, to, yeah. it's it's similar but do celebrations I th- you do do yeah. celebrate and we yeah I th- but I think we bounce off each other. each other I think that's what was that's been what's why we've done so well in the doubles I think is we've just been able to 
just be right. You know, everything seems to work. And... I think when we play doubles, we've took that friendship onto court as well. So <laughs> whether it's a hard time or a bad time, we're in it together. As soon as we step on that court, we work together. Like Gail Ems and Nathan Robertson. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The nichest, the nichest story. But no, like, like, but that from that that first tournament, like I said, I could just remember. And it just shows that you can. We got through it together, and we were just able. To, and you know, I was a bit older than. Well, I am older than Jack, and and he was young, and it was his first young, young and free. It was his first tournament, yeah, and because he was young and free, you could see the emotions just hit him, and the nerves did. And I was just, and I just sort of had to say to myself, "Look, let's just be solid here. Let's get on with it. I, we can get through it together." I and know sure, I'm just thinking, like, surely as well, like with the crowd as well. I, I don't know how big the crowds are within Parabadminton, but you know. Like the biggest ones, you, like the biggest ones you've had. I mean, surely they'd feed off kind of like emotions on the court and you know celebrations and you know punching the air like big points as well. Yeah, it's 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 getting better and better, definitely with the crowd. And it's yeah, it's great to have. Or even you know our physio Sinead. Sometimes you can hear her up in the stands shouting our names, and you know that's great sort of thing. But I think at the moment we haven't had enough crowd big crowd experience to really get involved with that I'd Paralympics say. being the one like you'd expect that I guess coming up yeah but I think the big one for me was the world championships last year um, it was my second world championship final playing against Hong Kong China and we had quite a big support network there with family and friends there and our teammates and everything and we also had some people who used to train with me in Sheffield that I didn't even know were there until the day before and they came up to me and surprised me like so I had a lot of support in the arena and the guy I was playing had nothing except from like two of his teammates. So it knocked him down a lot really and made and it brought me up like I mean you can go on YouTube and watch it and look how pumped up I was to the crowd. Every time I won a big point I turned around and I had my fist in the air and the crowd were bouncing off me and I were bouncing off the crowd which if anything, I wouldn't have liked to be the guy on the other side of the court. I'd have felt, I'd have felt even smaller than what we are. So, um, yeah, I think crowd is starting to get bigger, and uh, I know myself, I bounce off it, but I don't know what you guys are like. Yeah, this is this is where we plug the old uh, come to Tokyo and supporters thing, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Get, get your flights booked up. Yeah. <laughs> get, 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 get the flights booked up. The get coronavirus the can only go yeah. so far. Well, you yeah. know that that's going to be all right by by the summer, of course. So, fingers crossed. Yeah, it'll. Um, it's going to be good. How, how long do we have left? We've, we, we're completely. To, to be this. fair, you know, I mean, podcasts are usually about. 40 45 minutes we're kind of just over 40 minutes yeah. so maybe the of, listeners yeah. can can tell us maybe. what to is do because we don't have a clue what we're doing the thing <laughs> is, I mean, like have any of you guys done podcast experience before because i've done a, a t- i mean literally a tiny bit i mean i've got a degree from sheffield in journalism but it pretty ain't gonna help in this no i i'll personally say i've never done anything like a podcast i've done interviews and done like you're you said, too big time mate <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's my yes, but, but no, I've never yeah, done TV, any, TV time. But TV not, time's not, bigger not. than the podcast time, but you know, nah. but no, uh, it's great. Something like this is great to just do. I think, like Dave said, it's great to just get Good get team morale, team morale, yeah. and get pe- people from other sports, and you know, we, us guys are all together every day here, and it's just great to learn a bit more about each other. I think, and obviously, I I've known a lot about Dave because I used to be on yeah. the the development squad of the table tennis, so. So do know a lot about table tennis and things, but yeah. I uh yeah. He, 
we always used to joke that he was whenever I beat him at table tennis. You know, like, come on, let's have a game of badminton. I was like, nah, I'm alright, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we've got to do that. We've got to get you know. Say, we, I mean, you guys. I mean, surely at some point, should, you know, you got to swap sports. Surely, we've never been. It's fun. Fun as it sounds, we've never obviously we're in halls next to each other, but I think we're training that hard. We're, we've always said, "Oh, we should come and have a little little knock or something." And I'm just knackered after a table tennis session. Like the last thing I want to do is go and play badminton. Like no, you know, I know it sounds bad, but we should we should do it at some point. I think Not our, yeah. our sessions don't really overlap, right? As well, do yeah. they? Sort of thing yeah. that we're on lunch when they're sort of yeah. training or still finishing. But I think you know, racket sports are so far apart from each other. Like technique and you know, skill. Obviously, hand-eye coordination, skill level. Like you can kind of cross kind of transfer a few skills but you know technique and everything is totally different i i would be terrible at badminton i can categorically say that well compared to these guys anyway yeah no i think you're right um it'd be cool if like say after at the paralympics when things calm down a bit if like even like wheelchair basketball get involved and come and and, like a multi-sports day like so i'd love to play some wheelchair basketball seeing them do what they do and play some table tennis just have like a multi-sports day where all the athletes can bond after the paralympics and talk about their experiences while we were there and then also play each other's sports and see how hard they are the nightlife like after your event's done must be quite good because at that point you just you, you know you just oh, relax. Oh, there you go. Is this just relax. The, the, the boys are looking at me. No. I mean, surely. I mean, come on, Rio, Copacabana. No, I think I think I'm on about a closing ceremony. Obviously, the closing ceremony of the Paralympic Games is a celebration of all the hard work you've done. Okay, maybe the for me performances haven't quite gone the way I've wanted to in the past, and I've played good, but you know I've always had a few days in between my final match and the closing ceremony to kind of take stock and you know get over things and and kind of you know the disappointment because you're not always not everyone can win medals and I've I've been there and you know it it, it can be tough but then then the closing ceremony happens and you kind of realize you know this is you know you've done you've achieved quite a lot and I've 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 always played okay I've played like the best of my (coughs) ability so I've kind of realized you know I'm really pleased with this and I've had a good time and I think where everyone's finished the relief is there and obviously a load of people have won medals so happiness and joy of achieving their dreams or of their goals of winning a medal and blah blah so it's a real cool atmosphere like everyone is just having a good time and and obviously the performances and and the actual ceremony is amazing um but it's a good chance to like let loose and actually speak properly without kind of having any pressure on you whatsoever that you've been under for the last you know however many months or well years really the whole your whole life building up towards this moment of you know the pinnacle of when you need to perform um so yeah um i think london and rio i was a bit young in beijing i can't really remember a lot of beijing to be completely honest with you um i just like i said riding the wave um having a good time but i think um rio in particular was was really nice like we had a we had a um a little bit of a party basically with with all the team it was all the sports it was really good um i mean it is yeah. like the perfect city for it do you think in, in, in tokyo or rio, rio yeah rio yeah. yeah i remember i was i spent a lot of time with uh, we're gonna have right this is a good time next guest we're gonna have ellie simmons on aren't we mm. so mm. um i spent closing ceremony um in rio with ellie just chatting all night pretty much with all the swimmers and all the table tennis guys as well and we were, at, we were on a picnic bench actually it's quite funny because I'm not the sh- tallest. Ellie's obviously not the tallest. So all the table tennis guys were still on the floor. 
I was stood on the bench and she was stood on the tabletop. <laughs> so we were all the same height having a lovely little chat. <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just cool. Cool little vibe. And everyone's kind of rewarded for their, their hard work, I think. Yeah. Last one, I think, to be fair, we're going to start our closing ceremony in a bit. But I mean, you guys must have had experiences that as well. Well, you're going to sing and dance for us, Tim? Yeah, 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 yeah. Get the same as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. I think, to be fair, I mean, how long did the podcast go on for? I think we're I don't know. pretty, yeah, pretty we're wrap done. up in a minute anyway. So, yeah, but you are right. I think Ellie will be the next guest. Is that London next week? Early next yeah, week? she doesn't know about it yet, but she's yeah, coming on. <laughs> no, she does. It'll be, yeah, yeah. be a cracking surprise for her to start. You got no out. choice. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully this will be you know, one of many episodes and we'll see how we get on. Don't know how it's going to go, but just play it by ear and yeah. see what happens but yeah Jack um, we will get some other disabilities on here as well though. we oh, can't be accused of being favouritism towards the Achondroplasia gang you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah Jack yeah. Kristen like, cheers for coming on uh, absolute absolute uh, cracker so legends cheers guys yeah, Give it, uh, we yeah, need to cheers. do a, a a feature like a like a every time we finish you need to like like a like a looking ahead to Tokyo, like give it some or something. Go on, give us a little inspirational thing for all the other Paralympics GB athletes. Go on, off the top of your head, go. No, I just think it's been an amazing year, and I think everyone's you know got the the best chance of their life here, and a, a dream come true for many people up you know who want to go to Tokyo. And I think everyone gives it their all, and that's what's so amazing about para sport is that you know the best comes out, and everyone proves that you know with a disability, it's not you can't do anything and I think yeah this year's been going to be amazing for everyone so bring it on I think keeping it short and sweet I'm ready to get out there in the summer and uh, make my dreams come true <laughs> <laughs>